0: Hello, and welcome to Mental Health Insights in the Bible. This is the podcast where we find truths about the mental about mental health in the biblical story. My name is Craig Faust. And I'm here with Matt Telly. Hey, Matt. Hey, it's good to see you guys.
1: Or at least uh, speak to you guys. Yeah, um, maybe someday we'll have a video connected with this, but for now you just get to hear our lovely voices.
0: Yeah, we kind of talked about that before, and... Um, I think there is something about seeing the person that's talking to you, right? I always imagine what radio host voices look like, and uh-huh, I all the time. Want to do that, so I imagine people might do that with us at some point. But today, we are, uh, as we're starting to go through Genesis, um, we are going to talk about Cain and Abel today, and we're going to glean different mental health related topics from this that are revealed in the story, and. This is the first story that we are really, truly diving into after the fall. So we talked a little bit about the fall last session, or sorry, last episode. And during that conversation, we started to understand attachment styles Mm -hmm. and really the type of connection that existed before the fall and this rupture that has happened and how it affects us now, especially how it affects us in our relationships, especially like spousal relationships Mm -hmm. in our marriages, where there are specific curses that happen that make it harder for us to communicate, it makes work harder for us. So as we're moving in through here, right, early on in the Bible, we get to see kind of like what the ideal is with God, and uh, the relationship with God, and relationship with Adam and Eve, and what that's supposed to look like, Mm -hmm. and very quickly things go bad, and so now now the rest of the biblical story is going to be outside of Eden. It is going to be yep. imperfect in a fallen world. And this is going to be really the opportunity for us to glean a lot of mental health-related um, information from the biblical story.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is <clears throat> the part of the story where it's it's all messed up. And it's why we need counseling. It's why we need uh, reflection on who am I as a person and how do I grow? Uh, Why are my relationships so broken? Why am I struggling with depression and anxiety, uh, a break in my psyche, whatever it may be? Well, it's all happening here after the fall and the rest of the biblical story. And so we get to draw out uh, part of what makes that happen. Uh, A large part of what we're looking at here in... Uh, Genesis 4 is well simply sin uh, but also you know what is going on with Cain that leads him towards this this pride uh, this violence um, and how do we see that play out in in all of us today right
0: and even though maybe you have not ever killed anyone, <laughs> you are going to find yourselves relating with Cain yeah and I find uh, myself relating with Cain yeah in a really big way. So let's actually start by um, reading a little bit of this. So uh, we're going to pick up. So this is Genesis 4, and let's go ahead and pick up. Uh, So later she gave birth to his brother Abel. All right. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So I think actually, just rewinding back a little bit, I think this is important. So later gave birth to Abel. So Cain was the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Adam, Eve, made love, wife, or like we've kind of spoken before, sometimes it's like, you know, Adam knew Eve, mm-hmm. right, is kind of a way that the Bible will describe uh, that process. Gave birth to Cain, then later... Gives birth to, birth to Abel, and this is an echoing of that pattern that we actually see very early on, where God makes the, you know, creatures of the land, creatures of the sea, and then makes human beings after them, and then calls human beings. So the second, you know, the second creation, the second thing that's brought into existence to actually rule over mm-hmm. that initial thing, right? And if you want to listen more about that. We talk about dominion and all those different things in an earlier episode, um, but we're kind of seeing it, uh, this is going to be something that's brought up here. So, you know, Cain has this offering of the soil, Abel has this offering of the firstborn of his flock, some mm-hmm. of like the fat portions from them, and the Lord looked on favor, or looked with favor on Abel and his offering. So this is something that's really important because this is an echo that we're going to continue to see throughout the Bible, where God seems to almost like select, or in this case, show favor. But this is also an interesting portion because this is the first time that we're hearing about God showing favor for different types of offerings here. Yeah. So we are not going to really learn about what offerings are or the reason or purpose. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. I don't think we're really going to learn about this until Leviticus. Right.
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, we don't see, uh, exactly what type of offerings or sacrifices God really demands, uh, until later in the story. But this is one of the first instances where we mm -hmm. see what he has regard for and what he doesn't have regard for. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's tempting to look at this and assume that even before the offerings are given, that there's something, you know, wicked or nasty about Cain's heart. Uh, and that's probably true, um, but also probably true for Adam and Eve and Abel, for everyone, because they're all tainted by right. sin at they're this point. they're in this fallen world. Right. Uh, but, you know, Scripture doesn't tell us that. It's... It, And we'll get into this later, but it is very selective about what it tells us and doesn't tell us. And it doesn't tell us what's going on Mm -hmm. with Cain until after his offering has no regard for the Lord. Uh, To continue that... Well, just pausing real quick.
0: Yeah. I think that... I think one of the reasons it's easy for us is because we want to assume there's something wrong with Cain. Mm. And this is why God says no to his offering and it seems to be a big mistake one it's not mentioned here mm-hmm. but two i think as human beings we always want to look for a reason that something's happening and, you know, we want to mm. always like cast blame or something. Yeah, there's got to be something wrong with Cain, you know, his heart was tainted. You know, there's these things. And while those things could be true, that's not really what the biblical authors are drawing us to. In fact, we're kind of being drawn towards like something that is going to echo in the story. Not only there's favor towards the secondborn, but then we're going to learn like something about the offerings of the, the firstborn or the first fruits. Um, or you kind of, you know, It's kind of the cream of the crop, so to speak, Mm -hmm. is something that the Lord will ask for, and this is the first time that we're actually seeing this,
1: but go ahead and read because we see a very, very relatable reaction There is consistency later with what the Lord does uh, demand for for sacrifices or offerings, Mm -hmm. which should tell us a little bit that when the Lord is not having regard for Cain's offering, that's not really about Cain. Uh, Even though later we do see, you know, to give with a generous or cheerful spirit, a cheerful heart. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not told what the status of their heart is before they give. We're just told there's regard for one, not regard Mm -hmm. for another. Uh, And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So here's where we see actually the status of the heart. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. His first response was anger, and potentially shame, sadness as his face fell, right. but highlighted or or overwhelmed with anger. Right.
0: Well, and again, how relatable is this? You know, mm-hmm. I get angry all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, and I and I would not be considered an angry person by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, anytime that there's a slight inconvenience, you know, mm-hmm. I, I took a sip of my coffee earlier and it was a little hotter than I wanted to, and then like initial anger right there. It's like, gosh, Greg, like, why didn't you put a little bit of water in this? Or why couldn't mm-hmm. you just wait a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like anger towards myself uh, for this. So like anger, is such just a quick knee jerk reaction.
1: Right. Or it, in all of its forms too. Yeah. frustration. Man, I use that word often. To kind of soften oh, what yeah. is really I'm going angry. on. I'm frustrated. 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 Or yeah. I'm Arm-annoyed. annoyed. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, but it happens all the time, oh, all yeah. these little
0: moments throughout my day. So well, we've talked a little bit about this before, where you know, people will use a way of like protecting themselves. And anger, frustration, annoyance, whatever we want to call it, this is a pretty common protective type of emotion where we're putting on a front of anger, and, and I don't mean front to say it's false or anything like that. That's kind of what we're showing on the outside is anger, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more acceptable. It's a lot more like, oh, aggressive, or it's a lot less vulnerable to show that, and this is definitely something that's happening for Cain, and we're going to see it a little bit later, um, Like actually what's, what's happening for him and the potential messages that, that he's received, yeah. but we see this initial protection here. And his face fell, Yeah. right? So like a lot of times we do hide our faces whenever we do get angry or like Matt said, like shameful. These are very common reactions and we kind of want to normalize it with you, right? Cain's not a bad guy here for getting
1: angry. Right. Well, there's something deeper going on for him and the Lord actually calls it out, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. I love that the Lord uh, names what's happening in that Mm -hmm. moment. Right, It's part of what we try to do as counselors, but we are fallen and don't do it perfectly. But I think think our Lord is doing it very well right here. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you or is toward you, but you must rule over it. Mm Mm-hmm. So how big a deal is this? Um, Lord God, so like
0: this is kind of also a little bit of picture that we have. The relationship with God seems to be different here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have the, the world where God is walking around in the garden with Adam and Eve. There is this kind of closeness here. And we kind of see Cain and Abel. Uh, and Cain's really not on the same page right here with the Lord, but there is still some type of relationship like happening right here. So... God catches this anger and this downcast face, like this this fallen face, and is able to call it out, right? Mm-hmm. He has concern. He has love for Cain. Mm-hmm. So w- whenever he calls it out, right, why are you angry, right? Some type of awareness there. Why is your face downcast, right? He, he has awareness and concern for them. This is something that's such a big deal, and I, I'm sure that you experience this a lot, too. I get inherently upset whenever I feel like people don't tune in, to what's going on with me. Yeah. Even if I'm trying to hide it, and so- sometimes when I'm trying to hide it, I get even more upset, especially people that don't love me or, or people that love me and care about me if they don't pick up on it. Yeah. I'm having a bad day they or something. They can't tell what I'm thinking. They can't mm-hmm. tell what
1: I'm feeling, and they don't give me what I want in that moment mm-hmm. or what I think I want or need. Yeah, it's frustrating. Right. I feel disconnected. I feel like they don't see me or really know me, and that you know strikes in me this attachment fear. Are they really close to me?
0: Right. Well, and this seems to happen right here, right? God calls it out. Will you not be accepted? Yeah. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? So the, this kind of layers onto us. We, we are to assume that Cain and Abel has had some type of relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? And that in this connection, there is a question that got called into Cain's mind, whenever you know favor was shown to Abel's offering and not his that uh-oh maybe i'm not going to be accepted here right maybe i'm not going to be accepted by the lord yeah and how real is that yeah right with this i'm like me even just like saying it out loud like i am not accepted it hurts like i could feel it in my in my heart yeah. right now and it feels real and so there's no doubt that in this moment, Cain sees this favor, and there's this signal that he gets here, right? So like when we're talking about that anger being that outside, that that, that outside part that's coming out, that protective piece that's coming out, on the inside, God calls it out, right? Will you not be accepted, right? Because God is accepting of Cain, mm-hmm. right? But in this moment... Cain starts to question that yeah like, am I accepted here and that question hurts yeah it does not feel good you can insert whatever you want right it's a hurt it's painful it doesn't feel good he just felt like there's some distance that showed up right yeah. there between him and God
1: and unfortunately he has a, a finger to point at somebody mm-hmm. right that I think fuels that feeling of I'm not accepted because my brother Abel's offering was regarded and mine was not. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the shame starts spiraling and the lies start speaking loudly. The anger grows and we see what happens next. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that reality is so real for us today too, right? Mm-hmm. That we want to point the finger or we want to compare what's going on with, with our acceptance or the love that we receive versus what we see happening for other people. Well, mm-hmm. other people are getting their needs or their desires matched or are or, or met, but it doesn't feel like mine are. Yeah, totally.
0: And in this moment, this question that shows up with Cain, you know, God even kind of talks about like there's sin is crouching at your door. It has desire to have you, but you must rule over it. And this is something that's hard. We're in a fallen world at this point, mm-hmm. you know if you're a believer, you've probably come to a place where you can kind of accept that that you have sinned and you know that that's just a reality of our world and we are asked to try to rule over it and to try to do something, but we also have to acknowledge that we don't have that strength alone to do that, that that we need the strength of God. And one of the neat things about like God calling this out. And hopefully as you're listening to this now, like even just kind of being able to relate to this in your own heart, right? That protection, that anger coming up and then being able to kind of trace it back to some type of message, right? As Matt was talking about earlier, Cain made
1: this about himself Mm -hmm. when really this actually wasn't about Cain. It was about the offerings, right? Yeah. I don't think it had anything to do with, with Cain in that moment. It was about his offering, but Cain, yeah, he made it about himself. Right. And what would happen for us if we could actually believe, okay, I am accepted. Okay, I am loved. But whenever something that we do gets rejected, well, it's very easy to take it one step further and say, it must be about me. Yeah.
0: So, I think about this in Valentine's Day. I don't know why this is coming up in my head. Mm. Yeah. You, know, you get the traditional thing uh or or in our culture at least, uh traditional thing that man's supposed to get their wife is, you know, roses and and chocolate or something like that. And you know what? I get roses and chocolate for my wife and I see she does not seem excited about that chocolate. You know, she has shown favor to the flowers. But you know what? I got her some good chocolate. You went
1: all out on that chocolate huh? all okay. out on that
0: chocolate but she showed favor to those flowers. those are cheap flowers <laughs> I didn't even get her a dozen roses. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get her to choose the chocolate right mm-hmm. but she didn't choose the chocolate she put the roses in a vase and everything it's all this this nice thing so it kind of hurts my feelings right I, mean, I, I can relate with that. yeah so so all of a sudden you know I get this gift from my wife. And she shows favor to one of the both of them are are gifts that that, that I've given her, mm-hmm. and in that moment I feel like for some reason her favor is some type of reflection on me. And we don't know, and we'll talk more about this, right? We don't know all the intricacies of of everything that was going on here in this moment, but something that we can kind of clearly start to discern is. There is something that's stirring in Cain's heart, and he is on the precipice of a huge decision. And this happens for all of us, Mm -hmm. right? I give my wife uh, roses and chocolate, and I see that she shows favor towards the roses. And in my heart, I go, wow, she does not even care about how hard I looked to find those chocolates or how big a deal it was. Yeah. you know and and it hurts yeah. in, in some way and I, I realize i'm using this story and it's you know i'm trying to be kind of mostly joking but it could be really serious where maybe i did put a lot of effort in that and it kind of hurts that like maybe my wife doesn't realize that and maybe i'm not in tune with her yeah maybe i don't know what she really wants what if she doesn't really want the things that i can provide her yeah so all these things start to turn up and i get kind of mad at her i go hey are you going to eat those chocolates? Mm-hmm. Do you like those chocolates? Because if not, I'll eat them. Because mm-hmm. it seems like you don't really want them, right? Yep. So like, and in, in, you know, I could, even I could do it in that tone, right? Then then her protection may come up like, whoa, what's going on here? Why am I being attacked all of a sudden about like, yeah. what am I going to do with these chocolates?
1: This um, happens, you know, I think in so many other areas too, uh, in, in a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, did you see that I... Washed all the dishes and folded all the laundry. Did you notice I cleaned the the house or the living room? My wife asked me that question a lot. I I say, oh, yeah, yeah, it does look better. In that moment, what she's asking me is, hey, do you see that I love you enough to do these things for us? Mm -hmm. She's asking, do you see me? Do you know me? Do you know what I care about and who I care about? Like that effort.
0: Yeah. That's being put into. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and so as we kind of continue on, right? So, you know, God God has this message to Cain, and then we're kind of fast-forwarded. Like, now Cain said to his brother, let's go out to the field. And while they're in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So... That sin that's crouching at the door, we see what it's capable of. Yeah. And as a modern-day reader, we may read this and be like, wow, this is pretty egregious. hmm And sin is pretty egregious. And, like, for us in this moment, Abel, from what we see in the story, didn't actually do anything to his brother. But there is something about Cain getting this message that he might not be accepted— Something about this interaction that happened whenever favor was shown, and we can kind of—so we're going to do something dangerous in the Bible, but something that it calls us to do as we try to discern things, we're going to infer some things here. So we have a couple different emotions that I think would be easy to call out for Cain. There seems to be a certain amount of jealousy Mm -hmm. that he has towards Abel and this favor— And like maybe even like a certain amount of pride, right? He worked hard in those fields and he tried to give this offering.
1: We'll see that pride come out later as he's speaking to the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, I think it's not far off to assume those emotions. And we can't know for certain the Bible isn't, you know, selecting to tell us those specific things, but it looks like it, right?
0: Right. Well, and so
1: let's just spend a, a
0: moment to talk a little bit about jealousy, right? So jealousy whenever we see something good happen to some someone else a lot of times there is an anger that that shows up in us or like a resentment towards them for mm-hmm. you know good things happen to them you know someone gets a a raise or a promotion at work over you or, or anything like that or you know like your, your friend's doing really well and you're, you're having a really yeah. tough time about things or you know that there's... would be more envious right mm-hmm. i want what they have right then we also have like jealous as far as like spousal relationships Mm -hmm. and everything where, you know, maybe my wife is getting attention from other guys Mm
1: -hmm. and like,
0: I get jealous, you know, Mm -hmm. there, there's this like mate guarding, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, term that's used in, in psychology that certainly shows up as a way of protecting a relationship. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it is, you know, it is looked at as jealousy and it causes all kinds of reactions where it's like hard to sleep. It's hard to think about anything else. It's very consuming. The body uh, perceives it uh, and the body and the brain perceive it as a threat to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So like because it's a threat to the relationship, it then gets elevated to a threat to your life because that's how human bonding works. Mm-hmm. If there's a threat to the relationship. It interprets it as a threat to your life. So you're going to go into fight, flight, freeze. And in all three of those situations, you are ruminating over, you know, what is happening with your spouse and you and your relationship. You become hyper aware of the distance, mm-hmm. and causes a lot of different reactions. Now we see a very egregious reaction that happens with Cain, where he actually yeah. kills his brother. And uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen for you whenever you get jealous. But, you know, it has been – there is a – you know, there's a precedence for this in our history where, Mm -hmm. you know, like the jealous lovers quarrel and different Mm -hmm. things like that where uh, people do end up assaulting, hurting, or even killing people that uh, in some ways may have actually committed some type of, uh, you know, infraction in -hmm. the relationship and sometimes haven't.
1: Yep. So – At the root of that jealousy is – you have a closer relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. I want that closeness. Right. Uh, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that closeness, right? And so that's part of what we can assume is going on for Cain here as he does not rule over his sin, as he lets that that harmful emotion play out in his heart and ruminates on it. Well, if Cain's, or if Abel's not in the picture, perhaps the Lord will regard me. mm mm-hmm. Perhaps I will be accepted.
0: Right. Well, and I think one of the important things is whenever God talked to Cain about this, right? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, right? He's warning him for this. Mm-hmm. But even before that, you know, why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will you not be accepted, right? So, like, for him, this is God's reassurance, yeah. That if you do what is right, if you do what you're doing, right, this isn't about you right here. Right. He
1: doesn't mention Abel at mm-hmm. all, right? He just right. says, do what is right. Will you not be accepted?
0: Right. I think that's important because God is trying to, it appears, you know, to me reading this, God is trying to get to the you know, heart of the matter. Yeah. Uh, we see this play out in couples all the time, right, where mm-hmm. there's an underlying message of, you know, like, I'm failing at this relationship. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not accepted. You know, uh, th- there's all kinds of different, like, core kind of messages that we can get and we interpret and we filter through different things that we're seeing yeah. in our relationship. And this ap- appears to be a vein of what is happening with Cain.
1: Yeah. Um, I've so- heard often— Uh, That what we focus on, we amplify. Uh, And what we look for, we wind up finding. Absolutely. it seems as though Cain was focusing a lot on this feeling of not being accepted. Mm -hmm. Or not his his offering and himself not being regarded. And that drove him towards an extreme reaction. Right.
0: So then uh, continuing on, right? Uh, The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. He lied to the all-knowing, all-seeing God. Mm-hmm. Um, am I my brother's keeper? So not only lied, let me go ahead and turn this around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people would call this like passive-aggressive or, or different it's things. It's not but, my responsibility. Yeah. 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 Um, the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you're under a curse and driven from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother and his blood from your hand when you work on the ground you will no longer yield its crops it will no longer yield its crops to you and you will be a restless wanderer on earth so god is giving some foreshadowing here of what's happening and again like we talked a little bit about last episode whenever god introduces a curse this is not necessarily what god is doing Sometimes God is just telling you, like, "This is what's going to happen now because of your sin," mm-hmm. and like, it's not like God's, you know, "Hey, let me go ahead and uh, cast a spell on you, mm-hmm. and now this is this is going to happen." God is telling him that, like, because you've done this, like now the God, like now the ground itself is going to respond to you
1: unfavorably. Yeah. There are natural consequences. Mm-hmm. I'm just communicating the details of them to right. you. Yeah. And then now and we see we do see this, right? Cain wanders throughout
0: their life and they establish a city that we'll kind of get to a little bit later in the story. Um, but we do see that Cain's anger even seems to in this moment translate to how he's responded to God. Right? Hey, where is your brother? I don't know, he replied. Again, we talk about that lie that, that ends up happening. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time whenever like people are jealous or, or again like whenever they're angry, you know how many times have you been angry and somebody asks you about it and you tell them, no, I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. angry and you lie to them mm-hmm. uh, or you try to kind of put on this false front and again, trying to turn it around. Now, I think some people could easily look at this and be like, seems kind of like God's entrapping you know, Mm -hmm. God already knows that that this has happened. You know, he reveals that like, hey, can you not hear it? Like
1: your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. But I don't think he's trying to Mm -hmm. truly entrap him or manipulate him. Uh, If anything, I think that because God knows and because of the way God was speaking to Cain earlier, Mm -hmm. he is giving him yet another opportunity to come clean, to repent, to name the harm that he has done to to truly care about what just happened but Kane mm-hmm. doesn't take that opportunity right. Do you do this with your son
0: I well your son's a little bit younger than mine I yeah. do this with my son My son's son.
1: only a year and a half yeah. right now but okay. even even now it's starting to yeah. it's starting to show up uh, I do this all the time with my son so he's 4 years old
0: and uh, at the time of this recording and um, I'll ask him Did you wash your hands for dinner and he has that moment right there. I know whether or not he washes his hands or not. And he has that moment to be truthful or not. And he has started to learn over time that if he is truthful, that usually goes out much better for him. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I'll praise him. I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you so much for letting me know. Hey, let's race to the bathroom. right? Like, he gets, like, playful dad. You know? He gets dad that is, like, happy, yeah. ecstatic. Um, and then if he lies to me, right, he's like, oh, yeah, I totally did that. I go, sure. Oh, yeah. Man, I know. Hey, buddy, I know that you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just didn't tell me the truth. Right? So I'll give him another, is that what happened there? And like, you know, a lot of times at this age, you know, be like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, I didn't. I wanted to play more or something like that. And it's like, hey, that's cool. If you wanted to play more, you could have told me that you wanted to play more. And, you know, if we actually had time, yeah. we could allow that. Then we can go wash our hands. You know, yeah. it's more about in those moments, it's more about like, okay, are you going to choose to? this relationship mm-hmm. are you going to choose communicating with me in a true and authentic way over being false with me right
1: because what's happening when he's lying or when any mm-hmm. of us lie well one we might be trying to protect ourselves from feeling shame mm-hmm. from feeling like we're a bad person uh, but ultimately lying is still trying to just get what we want right. it's it's about ourselves mm-hmm or I don't want to feel bad, or I still want to have the privileges that I have in this moment, and if I told the truth, then I might not get that thing. Right.
0: Well, and I think it's important too, right, because some people might read into this, this is kind of something I want to head off just a little bit, that God punishes Abel for not being truthful, which is not true. Cain. We, or sorry, Cain, mm-hmm. um, as as we kind of talked about with the curses a lot of times, this isn't God doing these curses to punish it a lot of times. It's God foretelling what is going to happen because of the choices that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with my son, right? Like if he lies to me, he's four years old, I, I'm not going to punish him for lying to me. Um, I expect that at that age. That is yeah. an expected behavior as he's pushing against boundaries and different things like that. It gives me an opportunity to label what he's done, mm-hmm. and to call it out. Now, Cain here is is not a child, right? So mm-hmm. God is giving an opportunity. Can't like like Matt said, can you actually speak about this out loud? Can you actually um, name it for what
1: it is? Right. I imagine that there still would have been consequences, mm-hmm. even if he had named the truth, right? But I wonder, like, yeah. if he had been truthful. What would have that done for the relationship between him and the Lord? Well,
0: that's what I mean. I think this curse would have happened no matter what. Yeah.
1: Um, Um, I think it's important to keep reading uh, Cain's response because the way that he responds to the Lord's punishment, uh, I think continues to show Cain's selfishness mm -hmm. and his pride. Um, We left off. Uh, you shall be a fugitive and wander on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Behold, you've driven me today from the ground and from your face, I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wonder on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. I mean, he's afraid, right? That right. somebody's going to take his life. Just and, like he just took a life. Yeah. He's afraid for his own punishment. His punishment is too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all about like, him. Not only is it about him, He's totally blaming
0: God for this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I I don't know if any of you guys picked this up, right? You are driving me from the land, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in, you know, counseling, I think, uh, you know, we talk about, like, I statements and different <laughs> things like that. This is definitely not an I statement, right? Mm-hmm. I statements making it, like, about, like, your feelings and trying to communicate your feelings in a way that doesn't poke at um, or harm, you know, the other person, but... You
1: drove me from this land. Mm-hmm. When he does use I, he's he's playing the victim card quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He's heightening his own pain rather than focusing on the pain that he has caused the Lord or the pain that he has caused to his brother Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has to focus and heighten his mm-hmm. own pain, his own punishment that's too much to bear right. in order to still get what he wants. It's It's still showing a heart that is not repentant. Not sorrowful at the harm that it's done. It's still about himself, what he wants. Well, I think this is
0: something that's important, right? We're not saying all this to rag on Cain because I think Cain is all of us. Yes. um, He's human, just like me. And how we respond to things. Um, But I think it's also important right here because Matt just mentioned, like Cain, like from what we're seeing in the story so far, is not offering any type of remorse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That doesn't mean that remorse isn't there. It means that, like for Cain right now, the emergency is his own safety and well-being. Yes, and because he is focused on his own safety and well-being, it's hard to tune in to that remorseful part. The reason I want to focus on that is because this happens so often. Whenever someone gets caught doing something, or mm-hmm. you know, or doing something wrong, or anything like that, is that there is this moment where we are expecting remorse immediately from the other person right Hmm. my son's caught in a lie or my wife's caught you know you know purchasing something from amazon that i didn't want her to buy (laughs) or something right you know we expect there to be immediate remorse and if we see some type of anger some type of protection or blaming or anything like that uh we start to feel like they don't really have any remorse and it just simply may not be true Right. Right. They may be, you know, that's the normal protection that's coming out. Right. And sometimes we actually have to give time and space for that remorse to actually show up.
1: Right. Because in that moment where they truly do fear for their own safety or their own connection, and even if there is an apology, Mm -hmm. well, it might be a quick apology. It It might not name the depth of what harm was done. And so it feels like that safety that's coming out in them defending themselves or justifying their actions kind of taints that apology that they give when truly there probably is remorse, but that's not what we get to see. We see their fear come up and their fear comes up through justification, through blaming, Mm -hmm. through, you know, getting angry, um, heightening their own pain or, you know, playing their, their victim card as well. Um, and really it's just, it's, it's an, attachment fear i don't want to be rejected i want to stay close i want to know that you care about me yeah we do see a little bit of cain's
0: fear right here that he is going to be driven from the land he's going to be driven further from god and And from your face
1: i shall be hidden so that's that's that attachment fear that's coming up right there right
0: well and i think it's probably even important to mention uh and you can correct me if I'm wrong with this. Uh, I could be wrong, right? I'm not a I'm not a Bible scholar
1: by any means. Um, I'm not really either. I went to seminary, but I yeah. didn't have all of the Bible classes. Right. <laughs> um, but as I'm reading and
0: understanding the Bible, this may be one of the last times that we actually hear about anyone being able to see the face of God. Um, mm.
1: where, yeah. Outside of Moses, who just saw the backside yeah. <laughs> of the Lord um and noah who walked with the lord uh mm-hmm. whatever that means if he actually got to see the face of god uh but yeah w- connection on a day to day level with the lord seems like it it dips at yeah, this point totally it's getting further and further, mm-hmm. and um,
0: so th- then we kind of get to see that you know that God sets up these certain protections uh, from Eden, and, and maybe that's something that we can kind of go into at, at some other point, or, or maybe in a deep dive or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that uh, us kind of like connecting this to mental health, you know, if you if you've listened to the, as many episodes as you have so far, you probably realize that like we're not sitting here trying to diagnose. You know, these uh, biblical, uh, you know, we're not trying to diagnose the people in the biblical narrative or anything like that, but trying to kind of draw our own connections in a very human way, right? Like our attachments and like the longings that we have, the way that we protect ourselves and different things like that. Because one of the things that we want you to glean from this is these are just people in the story and they do the same things that you do today as far as... Protecting yourself as far as responding to different things. There are very real things like jealousy and pride that that end up showing up. I don't think we're very different. No. Yeah. And really for us, I think the important thing is a lot of times the pathway through these things is going to be truth. Mm -hmm. Right? The, you know, so this is obviously hypothetical this did not seem to happen but if Cain would have went to God and been able to say something uh, along the lines of wow I was just afraid that I wasn't being accepted by you and this was such a devastating thing that I took out all of my fears and anger on my brother and I killed him and I cannot believe that I did that Uh, but I did Right? If, if he would have kind of gone to God and been able to say something along those lines and, and kind of show a little bit of that remorse and kind of realizing the gravity of the situation, it might not have, you know, forestalled this punishment or anything like that. But it might have actually done something with the connection right. with God there. It could have changed Cain's heart, mm-hmm. his perspective of that relationship. Totally. Which could have done something for the fear Right. Yeah. Because God does do something for the fear, right? He gives them a mark, tells them that like, hey, like no one will no one will ever kill you. Right. There's um, a
1: repercussion if mm-hmm. somebody does take vengeance on you. Um vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Yeah, that's what the mm-hmm. text says. And so there's this protection he puts on Cain.
0: Right. I think that the important thing is like for you, if you're listening to this. Try to recognize, like, what is your own protection? Do you use anger as a protection? What is that protection from? Did you listen to this? And and the fear of not being accepted by others, does that resonate with you? Or do some of those other um, kind of feelings I talked to you about, like, you know, like, not only not being accepted, maybe, like, being a failure, not being good enough, mm-hmm. not being lovable, you know, there are different things like that that could resonate for you. And yeah. whatever it does, if we can identify and recognize that, it makes it easier for us to kind of notice the protections that we may have.
1: Yeah, right. absolutely. I think it takes slowing down in that moment uh, to ask, what's happening right mm-hmm. now? Uh, what's going on? And is it truly about me or is it about what I've done? Mm-hmm. Is it truly about me or is it about the offering that I made? If Cain right. had been able to do that in that moment— Maybe he could have separated himself a little bit from that fear and then also the anger. Right. Well, quick story. Mm-hmm. So, last night, um,
0: my wife is, what is she? she making mashed potatoes. Uh, nice. You know? So, like, she want to make homemade mashed potatoes. So, get get these potatoes, boil them for, like, an hour or whatever, whatever she did. Um, and so we got this KitchenAid mixer that we got for like a wedding gift. So, two times I bought in her, I bought her these ceramic uh, things that have like this little pour spout and everything. It's been exactly what she's wanted for this KitchenAid mixer. This one had lemons on it. It's very nice. And uh, the first one dropped and shattered, so I oh. got her another one. Um, and uh, she is helping our son take a shower. Uh, you want to take a shower instead of a bath last night. It's no big deal. She's up there with him. She goes, Hey, can you get out that kitchen mixer? Yeah, no problem. So I go ahead and get it out and, uh, I picked it up by its bottom. And like, if, if you guys kind of know what it is, it's almost like a C shape, right? So I pick Mm -hmm. it up by its bottom and like the arm that's over it. And I turn. And as I'm uh, doing this, I take my hand out from under it to hold it by its arm. Because as long as that thing is locked, Mm. Uh, then it's fine, right? Sure. You can do that. I've I've done it ever since we've owned it. That's that's kind of how I usually carry it, uh, to kind of lift it up. And it was not locked. So it falls. Uh this, you know, the ceramic thing that we have, it it was locked in there, but mm. because it's a ceramic thing, it's not quite straight and doesn't quite fit in there perfectly, just good mm-hmm. enough that you can use it. Falls shatters <laughs> across the floor. All right. So I'm telling you right now, and I'm not proud of this. My initial reaction, I was like, yell, it's like, dang it. I, you know, I yelled out loud. Uh, and like, my dogs run away from me. They mm-hmm. see, they see that I'm angry. This loud noise happens. Uh, my wife and son are upstairs. Right. So uh, they don't know, you know, she, she yells down, like, hey, what, what's going on? I go, nothing, you know. All right, still still angry, but I kind of softened that a little bit. And I'm going through this in my head. I'm like, I can't believe who used this last. Well, do you know who used it last? Craig, was it? No, it was my wife. All right. She used it. So I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't have broke this. It's her fault. If she would have just locked this thing like she should have been doing. Like this is, everybody knows that. (laughs) You put the KitchenAid thing, you lock the arm in the down position. Mm. So in my mind, like I'm going through this and I go, you know what, Craig? That isn't her fault. Hmm. I didn't check it. And not only that, why do I want to swing this round one arm to put it up there? I should have been using two hands. Hmm. So, like, as I'm kind of given time, and I recognize, like, wow, well, I was getting angry. I was blaming my wife. This wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. And I even actually talked to my wife about this a little bit after that. And I, you know, I was like, you know, you did use that thing last. And I kind of recognized it like, oh, like is that same blame and everything that's mm-hmm. coming up. She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that this is, you know, I can't believe it that, you know, I broke a second one. Your wife said that? Yeah. And I go, wow. No. I go, you didn't break it. Mm-hmm. I broke it. I go, that was my fault. That mm-hmm. was not your fault. I got now in my anger. I was making it your fault, but it wasn't, yeah. I got that out. I did not check that those locked. Yeah. And you know what? I'd like it to be your fault because if it is your fault that, that, you know, that would mean that, you know, I didn't just fail right there. You asked me to do a simple task right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's, that's kind of where things hit for me is like a failure. Right. Right. So, um, whenever you had, uh, uh or whenever I had done that, It's like, this isn't my fault. I didn't fail my wife. My wife asked me to do a simple task. Get the KitchenAid mixer out. No big Mm -hmm. deal. And I totally goofed it up. Yeah. Right? And not only that, this nice ceramic thing that I got or the second one that I Mm -hmm. got,
1: I broke. Yeah. So. It's amazing that you were able to slow down in that moment and take the time that you needed to process that. mm Mm-hmm. To not blame your wife, if she had been there in that room in that moment, I imagine mm-hmm. that that anger and that blame would have happened pretty quickly and fast and, you, you know, could have built on itself. Totally. It's great that she wasn't so that you could slow down and walk through. Mm-hmm. We know I failed. I failed in this moment. This is on me. Right. But that well, doesn't have, make you bad. It just oh, means that you oh, made a
0: mistake. She's totally okay with it. She goes, yeah, it's just a mistake. Like, you know, it, it, it you know does that suck that it happened totally right does I that make it. you less accepted or loved mm. no so uh, the the important thing that i'm wanting to highlight in this is that that initial protection came up mm-hmm. and if i did wasn't able to recognize it who i tell you what i would have cleaned that thing up went up stopped up the stairs and been like do you you want to know what you did Mm-hmm. And how you almost ruined my night here, Is that, you know, like mm-hmm. or whatever you know words I would have used. but being able to kind of recognize that, like, okay, like this anger, what's going on here? Like being able to track it back, and then like even hearing my wife a little bit, like kind of taking on some of that fault, um, even some of that, like kind of got it, like, okay, wait a second, well, what's happening here? Let me kind of like start to understand this a little more and get to some of the things that are underneath whenever we're working through you know different things like like kane's trying to kind of grapple with right here we have to be able to recognize like all right what's that initial reaction that we have and to be able to kind of take some time to sit and ponder and wonder about ourselves or even talk right about it you know what is it that i'm really afraid of mentioning to my wife right now i was afraid of telling her that it was my fault hmm and so I'd be like, okay, why am I afraid of telling her it's my fault? Because I feel like I failed her. She asked me to do a simple thing, and I totally screwed it up. Same thing that happens mm-hmm. whenever she asks me to do a simple task, like, hey, can you switch over, you know, stuff from the washer or dryer? And I forget to do it. And I'm like, well, I didn't hear you say that. Well, you should have reminded me, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the same type of, like, little protections that can come up. Yeah. If you aren't vigilant, we, it isn't you know we don't try to recognize those. It's really easy for them to trickle in.
1: Yeah, really easy for us to make it about ourselves, Mm -hmm. our own inconveniences, our own pain, and blame other people. But at the very beginning, God is telling us, if you do good, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Right,
0: right. So... One of the, oh, where are you going to say? Well, I
1: think there's a lot more that we can say about this chapter, but I think we're coming up close on, on time here. Man, it's easy to talk for hours about this, right. but I think it's maybe something we can say for another, another episode. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think there's one last thing that we kind of really wanted to emphasize, and that is the unspoken things that happen in the Bible. So we're going to run across it mm-hmm. all the time, the biblical story.
1: And it happens right after this, right? Where right. there's so many names that are thrown out and you know, all of a sudden there's a wife that Cain is uh uh knowing and having a child with. Where did that wife come from? You know? Uh he moved to the city or he built a city populated by who? Um all of these things begin happening that the The scripture, the text, does not tell us how it happens. Right. And again, the biblical narrative is so selective. It is pointing us towards an important story. There's a story happening underneath that's not as important for us to know. And so it doesn't tell us how all of these people came to this world, how this city was founded. Right. And... Even though that is important, it's not the priority of the biblical narrative. And so as we're pulling out these, these mental health truths, it's important that we follow the, the most important story. And we have to assume or infer some other things that are going on as long as they support that one central story of how man was created to be good in the image of God. We fell we're broken now, and God is in the process of redeeming and restoring us back to him. That's the story we're following as we pull out these these truths.
0: Totally. Um, and we appreciate you guys following this. If you're listening to this, you want to know about not only truth, but you want to understand how... The Bible does talk about mental health, even though they didn't necessarily have the language Mm -hmm. to talk about that or draw some of these insights from there. That's important, right? You are wanting to know different mental health issues you see in the world today or that you experience yourself. You know, what does that mean? Where does this show up? And we want to let you know that they are there in the biblical story, even though they may not be named that. Right. And it does not mean that you are any less in God's eyes or that you are somehow disqualified from being part of the body of Christ in any way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well said, Craig. So
0: thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode, please tell a friend, tell someone else about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We... We'd love to have more people listen, and of course, we'd ask that you leave us a review or, or a five-star rating so that other people can find us. Yep. And uh, if you have any questions about this, or even or even if you want to kind of like push against some of the interpretations we have, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, uh, we'd love to
1: hear your voice. Yeah,
0: the Bible's about growing together, and that's most certainly what we want to do here.
1: Absolutely. All right, well, thank you guys. We will uh, see you next session. Uh, and uh, or excuse me, episode. see, we're so used to counseling sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, uh, we hope that you have a good week.
0: Thank you for listening to Mental health insights in the Bible. This podcast is conducted by two licensed professionals in mental health counseling, but this podcast is not meant to provide medical or legal advice as not a substitute for personal counseling. The song on our podcast is called Indie Folk by Alexi Action, found on Pixabay.
1: If you are listening to this and feel that you may be a harm to yourself or others, please reach out to Professional because we believe your life is worth it.